Welcome to the Living Jewishly Podcast. I'm Dr. Elliot Malaman. And I'm Rabbi Yossi Saperman. And I'm Rabbi Bluth. We talk about Judaism, and we talk about living, and we talk about everything in between. And what it means to be Jewish and human in today's world. Judaism is not nearly as boring as I thought it was. We're not selling you on Judaism. We're not selling you on living. We're just trying to get you inside of our brains, the way we think about stuff. And the way we feel about stuff. And we'll try to be as real as possible. By getting you into our Jewish brain, you'll argue a lot, you'll disagree, you'll love, you'll eat, you'll have a really good time, you'll learn a lot of things, and you know what? You might actually find that all those 3,000 years have been worth it. And maybe we'll even come out being better people for it. Welcome to Living Jewishly Podcasts. You are listening to What's in Your Toolbox, a monthly podcast on mental health. I am your host, Bobby Kay, a comedian, mental health advocate, and executive producer of the documentary No Magic Bullet, an honest discussion on mental health. Hello, everybody. This is Bobby Kay for our fifth episode of What's in Your Toolbox. And my guest this month is my friend Mark Collings, who is a mental health advocate like myself, representing Western Canada, although he did come from Toronto, Ontario, where we met in in the 1960s while we were at high school. And we reconnected because Mark saw on social media my presentation with Angela from Different Than the Other Kids, which is a perfect segue into introducing my friend, and colleague, Mark Collings from Red Deer, Alberta. His company is called Highway 2 Production. Hello, Mark. Hey, Bobby. How are you today? Well, I'm doing just great. And I really appreciate that you have come on to help us with another episode of What's in Your Toolbox. Indeed. So the first thing I think that's important from a our listeners is the perspective you and I met as acquaintances in high school in the 60s and reconnected when I was 60 years old and you had seen me on social media and you told me that you had just done a production on hermaphrodites and thought that my story would be a great documentary. Is that correct? Yeah, I think we started exploring the idea of doing a documentary on your story, The Toolbox. Uh, at that time. Yeah, that's my shtick. I like doing videos, documentaries, varieties of subjects, but you know, I'm, I'm uh, right there with you on mental health advocacy and promoting uh, good, healthy habits and, and connecting with those people who need to hear the message. Absolutely. And what was it about me that made you make that lovely introduction and phone call? Well, I thought because you were using stand-up comedy as a tool, or a device to kind of uh, destigmatize de- de- mental health. I thought that was a great, that was a very strong approach to doing what, you know, I sense that I'd like to do too in other ways in terms of making these documentaries. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw your heart was in it and you achieved quite a bit in terms of coming out as a business guy and moving into the world of stand-up comedy. That's a pretty big transition. Well. I only did it because, as you know, I took a course from Mood Disorder Association of Ontario, and they had hidden 
comedy under the veil of laughing like crazy. And it was really group therapy. But I decided like a lot of things that I do and I think you do, you know, turning what's that expression, something into something. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out something. And I think it's important for our listeners to understand that Mark and I stuck with this project for almost over five years, which is key to everything in mental health. And we're going to get to that because that's what this thing's called. It's called What's in Your Toolbox. So have you done any other documentary work in the past or are you working on anything now for mental health? Well, I currently have a documentary I'm trying to develop on mental health. It's like actually it's more of a historic story. There's a little town called Pinoca, north of where I live. And in Pinoca, there's a mental hospital. It's been there for a hundred years. It's one of the first ones built here in the West. It's seen, of course, the whole transition from different techniques and methods in dealing with the people with varying states of mental health. And the book is written by a psychologist, a guy who grew up in Pinoca, whose parents actually worked at the hospital. They, they used, they grow their own food, or at least they used to grow their own food there. And so his dad was a farmer, basically, or a gardener, and his mom was working more on the maintenance side. So the book itself is a combination of personal accounts of his growing up at Pinoca with this hospital and with those patients who occasionally showed up into town and so on. And the historic, and then it's countered with the historic data, you know, the historic history of the hospital itself. Fascinating book. I contacted the author, his name's Jack, Dr. Jack Martin, and he's pumped to do a documentary on his, on his book. And I think it would be a great, great documentary. He's got a heart like you and I do, Bob, in terms of helping people. And so there's some really strong messages and themes that roll through this story that are, will connect with contemporary audiences. So I'm, I'm a very, I'm very excited about this project. Listen, are you doing it under the veil of No Magic Bullet? Yep, it's on the uh, our No Magic Bullet website. I'm looking at different ways of producing it. I may produce it through No Magic Bullet, which is a not-for-profit that Bob and I created, still active, and that's my my guess. My desire is really see it as a, a No Magic Bullet production. You know. So, Mark, I'm not sure. Who came up with the genius idea of calling it No Magic Bullet? But it clearly demonstrates on what our documentary is is all about. Was it you or I that called it No Magic Bullet? That was your title that you came up with, No Magic Bullet. That was a phrase you're using, you know, there's No Magic Bullet. There's things you've got to do, the toolbox, in relation to the toolbox, that uh, we have to, that action is required, which is a great message, right? That's That's the... The key to anything, any any kind of self-improvement, development, health management, it applies certainly to mental health in, in, in the context of No Magic Bullet, the, the, the toolbox that you have. But it also applies to recovering from addictions, which is my background. I have a background in recovery from addiction. And the classic 12-step program is just a, a series of decisions and actions that take a person from uh, state of illness to a state of wellness. So it's a process. And I think the No Magic Bullet moniker is really good because it really indicates a series of actions, a process that a person gets involved in that changes them and helps them and creates new people, basically. So if this is all about what's in your toolbox for people listening, we're trying to strike a chord in something that they might relate to. And I think 
It's great that you're so transparent about your journey from an addiction point of view. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what's been in your toolbox with relationship to uh, mental health as, as it showed up in an addiction. Well, I think, you know, when I came in to recovery from alcoholism, I didn't know all the issues, the, I guess the, the, the issues that were driving me into that behavior. When I, after about three years of sobriety, I had some challenges, mental health challenges, I guess you could say. And I went to a psychologist and he, de- he determined that I suffered with depression. Now depression is, uh, you know, a variable thing. It depends on, you know, some people have extreme cases of it. Mine was more manageable. I was able to manage my depression through cognitive tools, which align with the toolbox, basically. His suggestion was, I didn't think at the time that I was, I was worthy of going on a vacation somewhere, if you can believe that. He said, go on a vacation, Mark. Book yourself somewhere. Just go in a all-inclusive for a week somewhere. And I followed his advice. I went to uh, the Bahamas for a week, and it was a real transformative experience. And it showed me that, yeah, self-care is an important component of my mental health, maintaining my mental health. It's not a bad thing to go and just check out, go on a vacation, change pace. The other thing was socialization, which is another issue. I'm an introvert, and I tended to withdraw from the world. And so certainly AA has a fellowship where people have regular meetings during the week, and you get together with other people. And that was a, a cornerstone for my recovery from not only you know alcoholism, but my mental health, maintaining good mental health. So those are the, those are sort of the building blocks, I guess you could say, that I developed early on in in my recovery from addiction and also managing my mental state, my my depression. I hadn't gone on medication. I, I just recently got on medication for depression in the last four years, but before that, I I was able to maintain things. So a lot of it is meditation and prayer is a very important part of my, my mental health routine. I do that every day. I, I do that as a habit, basically, but as a way of maintaining things. Good diet is very important. I mean, treating the body well. I don't indulge in some of the eating habits that I had when I was in my addiction. I stay away from fast foods, for example, and try to eat some more wholesome stuff. And also hobbies is very important to me. I am active in videography, photography, in that area. That's sort of my shtick. And I guess the, the other area, too, is uh, connection with community is very important to me. So I'm very active in community work. I've been president of several community associations. I'm involved with some city committees here in Red Deer. The year of the garden, it's the year of the garden, Bob, nationally, and I'm involved, was invited to to be involved in this committee in, in Red Deer, it's who's rolling out different elements around the city in the area of food, food security. And in the past, I was invited on by a guy from the city because I'd put, I'd initiated the, the installation of two community gardens in the city, one in one area that I lived in and another in the area I currently live in. And so I have a heart for that. I mean, I just see the positive results of community gardens, for example, like these, the variety of people that benefit from them. So there's a whole lot of stuff that we as individuals can get connected and involved in. I'm not, I'm doing it because I, I care about community. I care about people. And this is a change of attitude. I think that the toolbox brings about. These are all 
what we call tools. And you started by talking about self-care, which was a tool that somebody suggested to you that you continue on. Socialization. Now, you're being over our five-year together, Mark. I also know that you have reached out and are a sponsor for a number of people in AA. And I think that that is an important thing to talk about on how you've used your life experiences and what tools you impart on them to try to help them. Well, yeah, I mean, AA sponsorship is a part of service. The AA program itself, service is a part of recovery. You reach out and help others. It could be just helping set up a meeting. Could be I've done work, you know, run programs in the in the remand center, which is the local jail. I've done a lot of that stuff. But sponsorship is a very key key thing in recovery. It's one to one. It's one person who is down the road a little further than the other person, essentially walking with them and help guiding them into program recovery, which is a process essentially. And it's not, you know, it's about changing one's behavior. Essentially, it's self-examination and doing some other constructive actions to change your relationships with the key people in your lives and to go out and serve others. Not My, my first sponsor said the purpose of the 12-step program is ego deflation and depth. And I don't know of a better definition than that. I haven't heard of that. And I think that's a key for spiritual development is really about ego deflation. It's developing that quality of humility in your life. So you're thinking of others more than yourself. So that's, you know, the sponsorship is just that. I care about the men that I uh, sponsor and I uh, want the best for them. I want to see them grow. On the other hand, I can't save anybody. So if they don't want to do it, that's fine. They can go on their own path, obviously. But it's not about rescuing people. It's about walking with them and sharing your experience, strength, and hope with them. Well, this is obviously why our documentary was so successful, because we're such polar opposites. You're an introvert, very serious, very grounded. And I'm an extrovert, not serious, but I'm grounded too. And you've helped me be grounded. So one of the things you talked about was a habit. And obviously, you used to have a bad habit. And now it sounds to me like... You've used that to have good habits. Well, yeah, I had actually last night I had a discussion with two men that I met with. Again, it's for spiritual growth, connecting with people and sharing your experience, strength and hope with them. And this came out with, with, with the three of us that we had that common ground in our, in our spiritual development where we were, I guess you could say, aware that we had went through a transformation that we uh, were now living not for ourselves, but for others. And that that was the key, I guess, for living a fulfilling, free kind of life, you know, with a sense of well-being and absence of anxiety and fear and all those other things, right? And so mental health, again, you know, those are the catalysts, I guess, for all kinds of behaviors or fear. There's past hurts, I guess you could say, that, that rise up and that we've, we've developed ways of coping with those things. And that's the purpose of the, of the so-called ego is to manage those things. And then when you're in a process, like a 12-step process or the toolbox process, you're kind of divesting yourself of those past behaviors and developing new ones, new ones at work. Well, you and I talk about tools. So I'm digging up, you had self-care, you had socialization, you use meditation, you use prayers, you got good habits. 
you had the opportunity to meet Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, when you came to Toronto to do the documentary. And my first podcast, he talked about being hobbied. So there's another tool, and you are talking about some of your hobbies. You mentioned gardening. What other hobbies do you have that help you? Well, I've got gardening. I have a grow up here in my house, just for personal use, just tomatoes and green peppers. Ha, ha, ha. But I do have garden in my backyard. I, I, I just grow food. I don't, I'm not really a flower guy. I'm kind of practical. I do a little bit of photography, videography for different purposes. I'm doing a little video right now for a tour, a historical tour for the Children's Festival here in Red Deer in June. And I'm doing videos on each of the buildings in this Heritage Square area. So people, the kids that come there, they can take a little map and use their smartphones to watch a little video on each one of the buildings and kind of engage them that way. I call them video tours. I've done them for other parts of the city in the past. So that's like a hot because I'm not getting, obviously I'm not getting paid for it, but it's something that's fun and will, you know, I'm enjoying working. I've got this young gal working with me. She's just a recent grad from the local Polytech here, wrote Red Deer Polytechnical in graphic arts, and she's doing all the print design. And she's really thrilled to be able to have this kind of a project to start off. It'll be in there. I imagine it'll go into her portfolio and hopefully it'll open doors for her down the road in terms of paying work because she's just getting paid a, a modest fee to do this. What about your motorcycle? And I got my motorcycle. You know, I've been driving my, riding my motorcycle. I do a little bit of riding. I do some day rides, I guess you could say. I've got the mountains about an hour and a half west of me, and I've got the hoodoos about an hour east of me. So I got some really interesting terrain to drive around in out there. So that's a lot of fun. I've got a friend of mine here that I ride with occasionally. I've ridden with some groups in the past as well, but by and large, it's, you know, it's a joyful way of getting around. I, I, I you know, I drive around town. My, right now, my son's got my pickup truck. When you're in Alberta, you have pickup trucks. You don't drive little cars like they do in Toronto, right? It's a different different world out here. Well, so speaking speaking of Alberta, let's talk about the upcoming event that you've arranged in Calgary for you and myself and No Magic Bullet. And I'm very discouraged to hear that you don't eat fast food because I was hoping to stop off at a couple of places. But tell us a little bit about what you've arranged for me and you in Calgary on June the 7th. Well, you know, I can always make an exception, Bob. In your case, I will. I, that, that's not a problem. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've, Bob is going to do it. We initially wanted to do a tour through Alberta, a three-city tour, Bob doing his stand-up comedy to raise money for Canadian Mental Health Association. And we, we are engaged with the Canadian Mental Health Association out here, the local branch in central Alberta. And we'll be doing a, a stand up in a stand up evening in uh, Calgary to raise funds. We unfortunately weren't able to get something organized quick enough here in Red Deer and one in out in Edmonton. So we're just going to do a one city event, which I think will be fine. It'll be great. And the group that we're doing it for is Canadian Mental Health Association, Central Alberta. Central Alberta. So we are going cross country. And we hope that maybe we can deal with other Western provinces because you don't have to be in Toronto or Red Deer to have mental health, obviously. Yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity there. We'll test this one out, kick out, the, you know, polish it up and hopefully 
do it again, you know, in another city or another, another area of, of the country. So in our documentary, Mark, we came up with the concept of a toolbox of a bass. Mine's called Bob's Amazing Support Team. Yours would be called Mask, Mark's Amazing Support Team. And our last guest, Angela Sunas, talked about a support team is like a rudder on a boat. So tell me a little bit about your support team. Well, my support team is diverse. And like you, I have people I connect with across the country, both friends and business colleagues and so on. Could chat people I have personal relationships with in town. I've got you know the people I know through AA. That's a support team. I've got several close friends in that group. Other people I know and through some of my community service efforts. And of course, my wife is a big supporter for me. It it, it just uh, it's like with you, it's just flow, right? But it takes action. You have to reach out to people. You can't just sit and wait for the phone to ring. Well, I'm gonna dig deep and tell you that you have become a tremendous support for myself because you're always there and you are a grinder. You stuck with this project with me. And even though we originally had had grandiose ideas of turning this into a series, a TV documentary, we cobbled together enough money. And I think we came up with a tremendous documentary that was both of us putting together. What about your York Mills gang as a, a support? Because, uh, you know, you're always in touch with these people, and that's been 40 years. Yeah, well, it's longer than that. It's been over 50 years, uh, really. Yeah, there's, there's a handful of people I've continued to keep in touch with that I, that I met in junior high school or, or even, even uh, public school. I've got a couple of friends from public school I still keep in touch with. And we, you know, we're there to support one another, I guess, if things are tough. But generally speaking, it's a, it's a, these relationships or friendships that bring positive vibes, I guess, to use a 60s term in your life. You know, you hear what they're doing and what they're up to and, and, and it's joyful, right? Well, you're, a, you are a tremendous connector for a guy that has coined himself as a, an introvert. And I know that anybody that knows you really feels comfortable and really enjoys you as their friend. So, Mark, let's talk about how people can turn interest, hobbies, and passions into tools like you have. Any suggestions that you might have for people considering your experience and helping people through the AA program? Well, I always tell people, you know, like I have two children, and I remember when my daughter, when she was my first child, when she was an infant, I was changing changing around a change table, changing your diaper. And I looked at it and I thought, this child here is a complete person. My job as a parent is to watch them and see who they are, floating like a flower, right? Not to impose my ideas on them, but to watch them. That, I think, is a key thing for all of us, right? We were all born with inherent talents, interests, proclivities, whatever they are. And it's those things we have to pay attention to. And if I can help somebody pull that out, so, 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 so much the better, right? I think the goal in life is to be fully who you are as a person because, you know, we're all equipped with everything we need to have a really interesting, successful life, a healthy life. So I think that's sort of what I guess some of my MO is in many ways in relationships, particularly with people who are struggling to say, look, you know, you've got I've seen this and this in you, got these things going for you. Use them. Put them into, into action, right? It worked with my kids because I'm a genius. I mean, I just did that with my kids. 
watched them and guided them into interests that they had or activities that they were interested in pursuing. I mean, I've, they've been no trouble to me. I've had no trouble with my children. They're healthy, well-adjusted people that are living interesting lives. So Mark Collings is a true example of what we call the three P's that you need to do to get over any mental health issues. You need to have, be able to have persistence. You need to be able to have passion and you need to be able to practice. And you demonstrated that to me in our documentary that took so long and has been such a great motivator for myself and hopefully for others. And obviously you've demonstrated that for your own personal life with regards to how you have overcome your addiction. So I want to thank you, Mark, so much for participating. And I want everyone to know that the information on Mark's and my upcoming tour in Alberta will be on the No Magic Bullet website, which will be on uh, the bottom of this podcast. And we will be obviously using social media, right, Mark, to let people know. Bob, it's been great to participate in this new venture of yours, podcasting. I think it's fantastic. And I'm sure it's going to be a blessing to many people. So great to be a part of it. Thanks for inviting me. Well, listen, I appreciate it. So this is Bobby Kay and Mark Collins signing off, thanking you so much for listening to What's in Your Toolbox. So just to let you know that I have received a number of messages from people that have listened to prior podcasts. I received one from Julie. I just wanted to say I so appreciated the chat between the two of you, Bob and the Water Girl. There were such good takeaways, validations for moving through issues with no shame and such straightforward talk filled with insights. And I also received one from an Andy. Great podcast with the Water Girl. Really, really good job, Bob. So, everybody, hopefully you're listening to this and you're passing it on to some people that require their own ability to find out what they have in their toolbox. And to leave this with a little life lesson I was reading recently in the Globe and Mail on Wednesday, April the 20th, about taking lessons from snails. And it says, these snails, these creatures are probably one of the best, if not the best representation of slow and steady living. So this is important for you to understand that both Mark and myself understand that slow and steady dealing with any kind of issues is the reason for success. Our next episode will be another friend of mine who has used the tool of dance to deal with her mental health challenges. So stay tuned, and next month we will have Dance, Dance, Dance. Thanks for listening to the Living Jewishly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps more people like you find our show so that we can continue to grow the Living Jewishly community together. You can find us at livingjewishly.org and on YouTube and Instagram. Living Jewishly is living well with everyone.